This is The Guardian. Hey, Laura Mephiotes here with some news. In just a few weeks, we're launching a five-part series. It's the story of one of the most extraordinary legal cases you'll ever hear about. Australia's most decorated soldier, Ben Robert Smith, suing three newspapers, which he says have damaged his reputation by falsely suggesting he committed war crimes. And this case, no matter the outcome, will likely have huge ramifications for some of the country's most respected journalists and newspapers or for the military and a man who has been venerated as a modern war hero. Guardian reporter Ben Doherty has been watching the defamation trial, and each episode he'll be taking you through what happened inside that courtroom. This is a special preview episode of the series, out on Full Story on the 17th of October. And a warning, there are some descriptions of conflict and violence that some listeners may find distressing. You're about to hear evidence, as said in court, read by voice actors. The evidence has been edited in some respects for time and ease of listening, but remains an accurate representation of those sections of the trial. It was overcast. I think it may have been slightly rainy. It's last light on the 12th of April, 2009. We stepped off from our vehicles. We moved down into what is referred to as the green. The grass through the green was approximately waist to chest high in places. In the Aruzgan province of southern Afghanistan, An insurgent stronghold known as Whiskey 108 has been bombed by Allied aircraft ahead of a raid by Australian SAS soldiers. I was to clear buildings in the vicinity of the Whiskey, the building that was deemed Whiskey 108. The object of the mission is to seek out insurgents, to find and destroy any weapons, to clear the compound of any threat. Along the way, we came across a dead body in the grass. Uh, We're unsure how it got there as there was no footmarks. Ben Robert Smith also says he remembers walking past a body. I didn't physically see the engagements take place because I was at the rear. Engagement. That's military argo for a fight, to be in conflict with an enemy. But I did walk past one of the engaged insurgents on the way through. And as they move deeper into Whiskey 108, they start clearing the separate buildings that make up the compound. There are improvised explosive devices found and opium too. And there are women and children inside the compound and the soldiers begin to gather them together. It was the way the the women were acting. Their body language indicated there was something. One of the soldiers, it's not exactly clear who, spots something suspicious. From a best recollection, it was a, a matte carpet style thing covered over with some other items, basically just to keep it down. Other soldiers give evidence that it's a metal grate with loose grass over the top. But whatever it is, it's designed to obscure the entrance to a hand-dug tunnel. And this is where the soldier stories from that day deviate. So at that stage, I can't remember whether I started using broken Pashtun or whether one of the other members of the patrol did, but the individuals were called out or tried to call out. Five witnesses giving evidence for the newspapers say they saw men come out of the tunnel. They came out and they came out freely. They came out relatively quickly, once given the commands to come out of hands up or whatever the commands we gave them. But Ben Robert Smith and four of his witnesses, other soldiers who were on the raid, are adamant. No one came out of that tunnel. No one came out. There were no men in the tunnel. 
As the raid continues, what happens next is one of the central incidents in contention in this entire defamation trial. In Robert Smith's version of events, he says he moves away from the tunnel. I walked out of that corner. I was going to look down the edge of the building. And Robert Smith says he's confronted by a Taliban insurgent just around the corner, outside the courtyard where the tunnel was found. The individual that I saw was actually running in a crouch and was holding a bolt-action rifle in his hand. And I engaged that individual. But in another version, a soldier says he sees Robert Smith frog-marching an unarmed Afghan man, holding him by the scruff of the neck with his left arm, while in Robert Smith's right arm, he's carrying a machine gun. He then proceeded to throw the Afghan male down onto the ground. Afghan male landed on his back. RS then reached down, grabbed him by his shoulder, flipped him over onto his stomach, and then I observed him lower his machine gun and shoot approximately three to five rounds into the back of the Afghan male. After he had done that, he, he looked up and saw me standing there and he looked at me and said, are we all cool? Are we all good? I just replied, yeah, no worries. Robert Smith strenuously denies this version of events. These two versions of events carry very different implications. Was this killing the murder of an unarmed man who had surrendered to Australian soldiers and whom, under the laws of war, it was illegal to kill, regardless of whether he was an insurgent? Or did Ben Robert Smith lawfully engage and kill a legitimate Taliban target to protect his own life and those of his fellow soldiers? One fact that is agreed upon is that the Afghan man who was killed had a prosthetic leg. The leg was souvenired, allegedly by one of the other soldiers on the raid, and used as a drinking vessel at the SAS's unofficial on-base bar, known as the Fat Lady's Arms. Tended in evidence is a photo of Ben Robert Smith at the Fat Lady's Arms. In his right hand is a Heineken. He's grinning at the camera while a fellow soldier skulls from the leg. Robert Smith tells the court he never drank from the leg and he's further questioned by the newspaper's lawyer. You would agree, wouldn't you, that you've certainly cheered as other soldiers have drunk from the leg? Yes. And you've posed for photographs cheering as other soldiers have drunk from the leg, correct? Disagree that I've posed for photos. I've been in photos that people are drinking from the leg, yes. And you would agree, wouldn't you, that as a senior member of the troop, you encouraged and contributed to a culture within the troop in which it was acceptable to drink from the prosthetic leg, correct? Yes. Robert Smith says this killing and other allegations, published in a series of articles in the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and the Canberra Times, have damaged his reputation by falsely accusing him of committing war crimes. And to vindicate himself, Robert Smith has brought a defamation case against those newspapers in a multi-million dollar battle that's become the defamation trial of the century. Silence. All stand. Federal Court of Australia is now in session. Please be seated. In the matters of Ben Robert Smith, Fairfax Media Publications Proprietary Limited and others. Ben Robert Smith and the Age Company Proprietary Limited and others. Is Ben Robert Smith, ben Robert Australia's Smith. most decorated living war veteran, the paragon of soldiering virtue his lawyers argue he is, or is he as the newspapers are alleging in their defence, a brutal murderer 
who was killed unarmed civilians in breach of the laws of war and who sought to intimidate those who might undermine his storied reputation. My name's Ben Doherty. I'm a former foreign correspondent. I've reported previously from Afghanistan, from the fertile Panjshir Valley in the north to the ancient Silk Road city of Herat in the west, and from Aruzgan, the small, mountainous, restive province where Australian troops spent more than 20 years trying, ultimately unsuccessfully, to bring peace and prosperity, and to where Ben Robert Smith was deployed six times. Over the past 12 months, I've sat in Sydney's federal court, covering the defamation case brought by Ben Robert Smith. It has been a simply extraordinary trial, confronting, violent, sometimes scandalous, at times barely believable. And the cost of this trial will blow out to tens of millions of dollars on each side at a minimum. The newspapers are backing the reputation of two of their most distinguished investigative journalists, Nick McKenzie and Chris Masters, who reported the stories at issue. If the newspapers lose, they will face having to pay potentially enormous damages and costs to Robert Smith, as well as their own costs. If Robert Smith loses, he faces paying the newspaper's massive legal bill. And as much as this is a battle between Ben Robert Smith and those who accuse him, it has become a far broader institutional contest. The Australian War Memorial hangs Ben Robert Smith's portrait on its walls. And it's the memorial's former longtime chairman, Kerry Stokes, who is bankrolling Robert Smith's entire defamation case. Even more directly, Stokes is the chairman of Seven West Media, Ben Robert Smith's employer, and the defamation case his companies are backing financially is against newspapers now owned by Seven's greatest rival in the Australian media, the Nine Network. If Ben Robert Smith didn't have a billionaire backer, or if a smaller media company or one less prepared to back its reporters was being sued, this case might not have made it as far as it has. And while this case is centred upon the alleged defamation of Australia's most decorated Afghan war veteran, on his actions and the people in his orbit, it has too shed an unprecedented and at times glaring light on the actions and culture of the Australian military overseas. An insight into the prosecution of Australia's war in Afghanistan, never before heard. From Guardian Australia, this is Ben Robert Smith versus the media. Listen to the series on the Full Story podcast feed from October 17.